You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Voluntary Vixens, where Jesse and Maddie give a female voice to news and pop culture with a libertarian twist. Join us to stay informed and challenged while keeping it sane, peaceful, and most importantly, voluntary. And everybody who's uh, distant enough from us to not catch uh, Howard's COVID, he just coughed onto the world here. <laughs> Thank you, Howard, for joining us. Uh, this is Maddie, as always, um, on the Volunteer Vixens podcast, joined as usual by my co-host, Jesse. Hello, everybody. And then our guest today, um, if you're an avid podcast listener, you may have already uh, heard him on... I just listened to today. Sorry, I was behind on everything, but um, made sure to catch your appearance on uh, the James Corbett Report and Tom Woods. I mean, like, so what are you doing hanging out with us? Oh. I feel pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking forward. Volunteerists are my favorite audience. I definitely think this will fit then. And um, so just as like a side awesome back note, listeners and followers, anybody who listened to my episode I did with Tamara, um, the anarchist yogi who is just so awesome. She's the one who actually connected me with Howard and um, Howard's going to, you know, I'll let Howard explain who he is and what he's doing here. But um, yeah, just uh, thankful for this community that we've all found on the internet. And even though it's a barren wasteland of censorship and awful (laughs) awful people sometimes like it really brings some really excellent and awesome people together so i'm very thankful for her and for this platform and for your time hi howard hey good to be with you guys (laughs) yeah so i guess um specifically we have howard here to talk about this new project and organization he and others have put have started to put together and um you know are trying to get boots on the ground and get the word spread um called the thick red line and again you know maybe you've already heard his appearance recently but um we wanted to kind of have a normal person conversation about it about it and about the world and about him and you know how he got this far cool do you want me to give you some background i could we could probably start with that for those that have not heard anything about the thick red yeah. line yes yes please yep so uh the thick red line really came out of uh civil disobedience to the COVID in california where we went into the hospitals very very early on in what the la times called the epicenter of COVID in california santa clara And on video, we found empty tents, empty waiting rooms, and hospital employees that were openly speculating that the whole thing was a hoax. And then we did the same thing in Santa Cruz, California, at a hospital called Dominican uh, Hospital. We found the exact same thing, and they took down the tents the next day after our video went viral in the community. (laughs) And, uh, And so we got together with a group of about 10 people that did not believe what the government and the media was telling them about the COVID, didn't believe in, you know, the the communicability of it, the lethality of it. 
And then the next week we had 20 people, and then the next week we had 37 people, and the week after that we we, we had 400 people on a Facebook group, and we were regularly turning wow. out 60, 70, 80 plus people to peaceful civil disobedience. We'd reopen uh, beaches, we'd reopen parks, we tried re open, reopening restaurants, um, and the police would come out, and we'd you know we'd all step forward, we had a mic, you know bullhorn, and we'd say we're reopening this beach, and you know eighty people would like <laughs> step forward onto the beach, and we would make it fun. We'd have uh, you know like beach days and badminton and surfing and bonfires, and uh, it was all ages, and everybody always had a good time. And then here come the cops, and the cops would say you got to get off this beach, and we'd say we're not going anywhere. You guys don't own the beach. And, and, you know, they, they'd say, Hey, look, we don't want to be doing this. We like going to the beach. We like having bonfires. What do you want us to do about it? And I had a little bit of an epiphany because I'd watch them, the police get hammered one at a time. If they said anything, especially the, you know, the most visible was this guy named Greg Anderson in Washington state who did the, you know, did the video from his police car. And so mm -hmm. I, you know, mm -hmm. I just kind of did the math and the strongest card the police have to play is, is to do it collectively. And so they get hammered down if they stand mm -hmm. up one at a time. And so we wanted to see what happens if they stood up collectively. And so we started talking about with them, like, well, what you guys ought to do is y'all ought to all get together and draw a thick red line in the sand and say, we're not going to use violence on peaceful people for politicians. And that, you know, if you, if you talk to most police officers, they all have a thick red line in the sand that they're unwilling to cross. And most of them, it's gun confiscation. And, and so, you know, if you're going to draw a thick red line in the sand, well, where's that line going to be? And if you, if you use politician law, well, then you get sundowner laws that say that black people can't be on the street after a certain hour, or you get Jim Crow laws or fugitive slave laws or Nazi Germany. So obviously your standard of morality can't be mm -hmm. politician law. So where, you know, what is the dividing line between moral and immoral? And so what we've been doing is we've been educating the police on something called natural law, which has a thousand year legal tradition across multiple civilizations. Mm -hmm. And really under natural law, there's five main transgressions. There's murder, rape, theft, assault, and trespass. And all of those are obviously wrong because there's a victim. And then a lot of people don't understand when you hear people mm -hmm. say, I have a right to this and I've got a right to that. Uh, that word right also comes from the natural law tradition. And it is your right to do anything you want as long as you are not harming anybody else. And when somebody uses violence on you, when you're not harming anybody else, well, that makes them the criminal under natural law, even if they're wearing a costume, even if they've got a shiny badge. And so we began kind of explaining that to them and saying, hey, you know, you guys ought to you know, draw a thick red line in the sand and, and just tell the politicians no, and we'll support you as a community. And so you could just tell that they were thinking about it and you could tell that that, you know, that 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 rang, you know, true with them. And they in, in the eight weeks that I was in California helping to organize this this resistance group, um, we backed down the cops every single time. No tickets, no arrests, nothing like that. They would just 
go on their merry way and, and leave us to, you know, have our, have our beach days and everything. Never had any COVID super spreader events. Nobody ever got COVID in our group. I, you know, I mean, it was just, <laughs> you know, amazing. Right. Amazing. And so, um, so, uh, so <laughs> that, you know, we, I started kicking around with some friends and, and one of my friends, uh, Chris Hemingway said, Hey, I'll, you know, uh, pay for a website. And we began building a website and then uh, we wrote uh, myself and uh, uh, Matt White, the CEO of Tribe uh, News, uh, wrote a handbook on, you know, uh, on the basics of, you know, why it's such a good idea for them to stand on natural law, and you know, began explaining the case for them to say, hey, we're, you know, to, to say no to these politicians, and so then. Uh, James Corbett uh, promoted it, uh, you know, on his podcast, and then boom! Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, we just got hammered. I mean, it was promoted by Dr. Mercola and G. Edward Griffin, and just so many other people. Oh, like nice. began, you know, uh, uh, promoting that video to their audiences, and we got o- absolutely overwhelmed to the point where we actually had to quit doing media. For over a month, as as we, we were we were completely sold out of all of our you know hard copy handbooks and cards for cops within two days, overwhelmed with interest, two hundred plus inbound emails from around the world that we literally you know answered and replied back and began or, you know helping people organize their own communities or countries, and so now we've got you know we got a chapter starting in the Netherlands mm-hmm. where they're translating our material into Dutch. We've got. Other, um, you know, in other countries. Uh, we've you know, talked awesome. to people from South Africa, Sweden, Canada, Poland, um, the UK. You know, uh, and I'm you know forgetting some. I think we're up to like eight countries now. Uh, not every single. We don't have a chap- chapter in every single one, but we've got interest, wow. and we're trying to plug those people together within the countries, and 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 you know, really trying to you know make an, uh, an effort to help everybody that comes to us for help. And so uh, we got all the back end systems, you know, in place. We printed hard copies of the handbook. We, uh, you know, uh, uh, got everything. Uh, we satisfied over a hundred orders for over a thousand hard copies of the handbook. Fifteen thousand cards for cops. Some of those we, we we donated for free to different people that were were doing distributions. But we've we've distributed or sold over fifteen thousand of our little cards for cops. And it's really, really, you know, it's really taken off. And the importance really is, is that, you know, that, you know, we're getting more and more tyranny. And a lot of the police officers, you know, when they signed up to be cops, mm-hmm. they didn't sign up for to bankrupt their friends and neighbors and local businesses. And they didn't sign up to, you know, enforce these crazy, ridiculous mask mandates. And they definitely didn't sign up for these red flag laws, which is really stealth gun confiscation one at a time. And so, you know, these police officers are being pushed in this, uh, you mm-hmm. know, in the, in, in, in the direction of tyranny. And so what we realize is that there's such a backlash to it that we have the opportunity to swing the pendulum the other way. And, and, uh, and so now we're trying, you know, we're now organizing support for the sheriffs that have already said no. And really the sheriff is the key. The police chief works at the at the behest of the, of the politician or the city manager, or the, you know, the board of supervisors, whereas the sheriff is this elected official that can't be fired. And so we're educating them and building support in Santa Cruz. We, we had mm-hmm. over 2,500 
people so far. I haven't checked the the you know the current count. Sign a petition saying you know we support you to say no to politicians on these you know victimless crimes. And so that's really what uh, thick red line is all about. Is it's uniting the people with the police to say no to the politicians because the police don't want to be doing this. The people don't want them doing it. Nobody wants them to be raising revenue on their friends and neighbors through taxation, yeah. through citation. So we're helping them say no because you can't have a police state if the police don't go along with it. And that is something that is so important because we're living in a time where we're talking about defunding the police. Cops are getting shot in their cars. And you're talking about a way for cops to basically remove themselves from a situation that could escalate, which is what I've been preaching forever. But it seems like this is something that I'm just curious, like how, how receptive are the police to hearing this message? Because I feel like maybe it depends on where you're, where you're from and what city you're in, but some cops may not necessarily be willing to do this, but it would definitely help deescalate the whole situation, especially the perception that uh, cops so have we haven't had right any, now in the you media. Know, we really think the sheriff is the key. So we've been focusing our, you know, our efforts on, on the sheriffs that have said no. And also, and also in communities where we've been walked in with okay. other community organizations where it's not just us, it's, you know, people within the community saying, Hey, we're here to support you to say no, because we don't want you doing this. Uh, we have talked to officers, and I know for a fact that a lot of officers, they're already mm -hmm. using discretion. So officers have discretion as long as it's not a felony that they can, you know, they have the ability, you know, not to arrest. And so we know that some of them are already thick red line in their hearts and, you know, mm -hmm. are already using their discretion not to, you know, prosecute victimless crimes. Um, we're, we're very young. I mean, we've only been, and, and, and again, we, we've been overwhelmed trying to build the website and the backend systems and the fulfillment and, and everything like that. We're really just now starting to kind of, to go through and communicate with the sheriffs that have already said no, but there's already 130 that we've identified that have either said no to, mm -hmm. uh, red flag laws, mask mandates, or the lockdowns. And so we already know that the, those sheriffs are out there. The ones that we've had, every single one of them has been a good conversation. But unfortunately, every single one of them, we found a sheriff that still has some kind of favorite victimless crime. Uh, and a lot of them, you know, they just never, they've never thought about it before. They've never, ever said, hey, you know, how do yeah. I determine whether this law is moral or not? You know, how do I determine whether I'm going to use violence or the threat of violence on, on peaceful people? And so we've really, really, I mean, I've, I've you know, been in the room where we've opened some sheriff's eyes and made them think about the world in a way that they've never thought about before. So I, I believe that we're having a, you know, a tremendous effect. I would lean on all of your, you know, all of your listeners, please help us. If you've got a sheriff that you think would be right, you know, do an introduction to us. Uh, we've had a lot of people where they just call us. And, uh, you know, they've got, they've got, they've gotten a meeting with the sheriff. They've gone there in person to, you know, to, to say, Hey, this is, you know, support from the community. And then they bring us in on speakerphone and we explain the basics to the sheriff. And then we give the, you know, the local community, uh, the tools and some tips and, you know, to say, Hey, this is what you need to build support for your sheriff to say no, but it really starts with either, 
you know, a personal meeting with the sheriff or getting together with, you know, friends and neighbors and saying, hey, you know, none of us are safe as long as people can be arrested for victimless crimes. And, you know, your, your kids aren't safe. Your teenager mm-hmm. isn't safe, you know, as, and as long as, as uh, you know, as a dirty, dirty uh, uh, cop can throw and it's and it happens. You see, you can go see it on YouTube all the time where, you know, dirty cops can just throw a baggie of cocaine into your car and they've even been caught on their own body cams doing it. And now you're, you're facing, you know, a felony and, you know, time in jail over something that's not really a crime, Mm -hmm. even if it was your baggie of cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely spend a lot of time on, I think our police officers do at least spend a lot of time on trying to like write tickets and catch people with drugs and a lot of things that they, if we didn't, if we freed them up, we may not need as many cops and we could actually maybe get like the real crimes addressed because I mean, how many times have you've had things stolen and you call the police and nothing happens, you know, they don't investigate, they don't do anything because they're too busy trying to take care of all the other things that they have to take care of that. I was just going to say, yeah, I was just going to say one of the members of our team is a, five-time elected alderman in the city of Virginia's Vermont. And he gave us a great quote, you know, where he said, I don't want our officers focused on, you know, wasting their time on, you know, uh, victimless crimes. I want them focused on real crimes with real victims. And that is, you know, like, like for every, you know, elected official that may be watching this, or maybe if you want to send this Mm -hmm. to your elected officials, that really needs to be the focus in every community because it's the, it's the, you know, trying to search everybody's car, looking for a, you know, a drug warrior payday. And, and you know, those are the things that are either causing, uh, you know, racial and societal division um, mm-hmm. or are leading to unintended deaths. And so like Eric Garner selling, you know, Lucy cigarettes on the streets of New York City did not warrant him being choked out and killed and it didn't warrant the yeah. you know the the uh you know riots and the and the lawsuits and the you know and the settlements and everything that comes after one of these and so one of the things that we're we're you know we're in the process of trying to figure out is how much money could a community save if it just gave up victimless crimes and didn't have the incarceration costs and didn't have the public defender costs, and didn't have the, the apprehension and the jail mm-hmm. and excess people working in the jail and the lawsuits and the riots and the, you know, everything that, that comes with either, you know, the, uh, you know, pursuing these and, 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 uh, uh, you know, jailing people and arresting them for these victimless crimes or, the, you know, the, the riots and the lawsuits and the settlements that come when the police inevitably kill innocent people, you know, or people that weren't really hurting anybody, if, you know, yeah. maybe themselves, which they have a right to do because they own their own bodies. And so I, we actually think that, the, that when you include all of these other, you know, these, these, these different costs – that most cities are either going to save money or it's going to be a wash. And so we want to, we want to do some research and prove that. And we're, you know, trying to find the right scholar to work with on that and find the right town that will open up its books and really be honest with the taxpayers. And, you know, maybe, maybe we find out, Oh boy, we're, 
it's actually costing us money to tr- to go after these victimless crimes in addition to all the unintended consequences and just the the travesty of justice of taking using violence on peaceful people and throwing them into you know frequently for-profit prisons yeah and i was just thinking when you were talking about the prison system because there are some there are towns in the south i know of that their main mm-hmm. source of income or main source of uh work is the prison in the community mm-hmm. and i was just thinking like what would replace what could they possibly replace for their steady income you know besides a prison going to prison every day i mean in the sense you're taking away jobs but it might require people to think a little bit more creatively about how they're going to get their income and you know i don't know it's just something to think about because that might be something that if a town, if their main source of job security is the prison, would it also mean that maybe the incentive is to keep filling up that prison? You know, I'm just, there's a lot of things to think about. Oh, absolutely. There's also sheriffs. I mean, it's not a lot. I, our assumption is that most sheriffs are good people that got into, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, into being a peace officer for the right reason. But there are a minority of sheriffs out there and, and police chiefs that are profiting off the drug war or are profiting mm-hmm. off of you know taxation through citation. And they're literally acting as highwaymen, you know, trying mm-hmm. to catch people going a couple of miles over the speed limit so they can try and search their car and, you know, or give them a, you know, a, a DUI for being, you know, at 0.08 or or, you know, I've got a friend who, who got two uh, accidentless DUIs in college. One time she, she was 0.08, and the second time she realized that she shouldn't be driving and was trying to sleep, was, you know, on the side of the road um, uh, sleeping in her car so, that, you know, so she wasn't driving. But because she had the key in the ignition, oh, she got a $10,000, you know, DUI. That's ridiculous. And, and it ruined, it ruined her life. It ruined her financially. Yeah. And it's, you know, these are, you know, like, mm-hmm. I really don't think that most cops want to be ruining, you know, young 20 something uh, uh, women's lives for doing the right thing. I mean, this stuff has just got to stop. And I, you know, I, every, you know, we, we, we meet people all the time that tell us horrific stories of how their family or friends have been impacted by victimless crimes. I've got a, I've got a friend whose, whose father's been in jail for 27 years for selling a tablespoon of cocaine to a disgruntled girlfriend in the 1980s. Hasn't been, you know, um, this is ridiculous. Mm. This is crazy. It's got to stop. And there's a huge, huge, you know, huge amount of people that have been been impacted by these victimless crimes that want to see it stop. Mm-hmm. I think there's, you know, a lot of opportunity here. And I, it really is just such a great idea. So kudos and thank you to you guys for <laughs> I'm glad you had that epiphany and that, you know, it makes sense that um, it took place during these crazy COVID times where you're right, like, we saw and heard from a lot of cops and sheriffs coming out and saying that, you know, and eh, you know, this crazy governor is like passing out these edicts left and right, but we're not enforcing it. We're not going to come mm-hmm. to your house and check how many people you have for Thanksgiving. Uh, thank God. My mom, <sighs> yeah. my mom was willing to get arrested <laughs> on Thanksgiving. Um, so glad <laughs> nobody decided to enforce any of these stupid rules. 
Um, but you're right. Like, so I think, um, there's a lot more discretion that officers themselves are allowed to, um, take into their own hands. They're not encouraged to, um, you know, I think we've probably heard before, you know, you can't really have a too high an IQ to make it into, um, that profession. You know, they want the rule followers, the people who are going to, um, stay in line and listen to their authorities. And so going to the sheriffs who actually do have that higher authority and really like, uh, like supreme authority over where their jurisdiction is, you know, they're, they're, they don't really realize how like untouchable they can actually be. Um, so going to them, I think is extremely useful, but what I'm also like thinking is that this is just such a good and, in demand idea i think that you could be you could approach um your friends on the right who might be very mm-hmm. like thin blue mm-hmm. liners and you know probably um maybe had to start thinking about <laughs> their stance on that this year if they themselves were all of a sudden um subjected to these laws where there was no victim but all of a sudden, like the cops who they thought were their friends and that they always support and they have the bumper sticker for, like was there to arrest them or to get them off property um, because of some crazy victimless law. And so but then on the other side of that, you know, the the BLM, well, anybody reasonable, I'd say on the left, which, you know, there's a, there's a couple sects that aren't. But, um, you know, anybody reasonable that's on the left that... um you know, really obviously takes issue with uh, the question of police brutality and um, all of that, you know, I think it reaches them too, because like Jesse was saying, like you were saying, it um, will help eliminate them from certain situations if they, if they decide to make this call, if they themselves as individuals um, decide to make this call, but also if they've got the support from their superiors to not go out on these mm-hmm. errands to try to enforce these again, victimless law or, you know, um, laws against these victimless crimes. Um, and so, no, no, you nailed it. So it unites left and right for different reasons, different reasons, but complementary reasons. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, people send us videos and the police are losing the support of the community where they're doing, where they're going, you know, and doing where they're, you know, doing the bidding of these politicians and closing down, and enforcing these mass mandates. I mean, I've got videos of people dragging, you know, thin blue line flags through the dirt, explaining, exp- literally explaining oh, to the yeah. police how, like, you, we, we had your back. Now we don't have your back. You know, you, you lost our, you know, like flat out, you know, yep. saying, you know, we, you've lost our support, you know, like, it, and so, so the police don't want to be doing this. Yep. And, you know, I know, I know I've got friends that are cops and they're, they're, they're not dumb. You know, uh, they're they they're smart enough to know that they don't want to be on the wrong side of history, and so I think that there's a lot of police officers that are starting to say, "Hey, wait a minute," you know, maybe there's something to this. Uh, you know, we don't want to be shot in our squad cars. We don't want to be bankrupting our friends and neighbors. We don't want to be raising revenue on our on our friends and neighbors in this community. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe there's something to this. And so, um, you know, the easiest way to do it is the sheriff, because like I said, he can just wave his magic sheriff wand and say, we're not going to do this as a, as a department. 
Um, the second one is the chief. It's harder because he can be fired by the dirty, dirty politician. But the kind of cool thing is, and it's the hardest way to do it because you got to convince more people, but the deputies and the officers themselves, if, he, if, if they've got a dirty sheriff or they've got one that's not willing to go against the, you know, the politicians, the deputies and the officers themselves can link arms, draw a thick red line in the sand and say, we're not going to do this. And if dozens or hundreds of deputies and officers you said, we're not going to enforce victimless crimes. There's nothing the politicians can do about it. And especially, especially if they're supported by the community. And we know from, you know, talking to people that it's almost universally, mm-hmm. I mean, we have, I, in fact, I haven't met anybody. I truthfully, I've met, I've not met anybody that said, Hey, this is a bad idea yet. I'm sure there's probably some out there. But like nobody has come up to me and said, this is a bad idea because of X, Y, and Z. They've told me it wouldn't work. You know, I've had people say the cops, you know, cops will never do that. You know, I've had, I'm not saying I haven't had Mm -hmm. that, but I haven't had anybody say that this is a bad idea because of X or Y. Mm -hmm. Well, I just remember like early on, there was a video of a woman, I think it was in Huntington Beach, who was being like, there were two cops, they were putting her arms behind her back, they were about to put handcuffs on her and all mm-hmm. these people swarmed around the cops and told them to not do it. Don't arrest her. If you're take me in, if you're going to take her and take us in mm-hmm. and then the cops just let her go. And I was just thinking like, that's just right there. Proof that if everybody sticks together and, you know, sticks up for each other, then there's a lot that can be done. And, and, and like, you could just tell the cops were like, I just don't want to have mm-hmm. to arrest like all these people. So, you know, and I, I even think there was a part, a part, a point in there where one of the cops was like, well, what do you want me to do? Like, what am I supposed to do? You know, and I think that was you know, early on in all of this um, lockdown. And I think that was probably when we started seeing a lot of these police officers getting in their cars and making videos, because I think it was a realization across the country that, you know, th- maybe this isn't a great idea. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah. You know, we maybe locking down people and ar- arresting mothers for taking their kids to playgrounds. Maybe that's just not a good look. Yeah. You know? Maybe I don't, I don't want to be despised um, by the people that, you know, yeah, the entire community, the people I went to high school everybody. with. And, you know, I had the, it was funny. There was a member of our group yeah, that was, exactly. that went to high school with the sheriff of, uh, of Santa Cruz County. And uh, he copied me on an email where he's like, hey, we're watching you. I can't believe that you would do this, you know, and, and now you've got to face your friends and your family and your family doesn't want your family doesn't want to be taking heat for, you know, you mm-hmm. using violence on peaceful people. And so, you know, I really I, I think the time is right for the pendulum to swing the other way. And the other thing is, you know, and, you know, I'll say this to all the police, you know, that are listening to this or, or, you know, or, or your, your listeners that are no doubt going to, you know, forward this to their friends that are in the police or the people that they don't like in the police or whatever it is, this is your strongest card. And, and if that, when the police are, uh, you know, busting bad guys, murderers, rapists, and thieves, then everybody loves the police. It's only the enforcement of victimless crimes and the raising revenue on your friends and neighbors that makes people despise the cops. And so, you know, the Black Lives Matter wants to defund the police. And I mean, I understand and share their frustration with police abuses. 
But I'm excited to let them know that there is a way, way better solution that saves the taxpayers money, that restores respect for the police, and also stops the policies that are causing this societal and racial division in our cities and towns. It's just a way, way better idea than just to defund and throw cities and towns into chaos. This is the this is the thing that gets you everything you want and so so much more while restoring respect to the police. Well, and I just think that when you have a problem, and this is what we're not seeing with the adults in the room, is if you have a problem with somebody, you come at them as if they have some sort of logic. Like you're making the mm-hmm. assumption that the police don't want to have to do this. You're giving them the benefit of the doubt when you're coming at them. Whereas what we've seen is F the police, defund the police, uh, you're, uh, mm-hmm. You're baby killers. You're you only go after black people because you're racist, and it's always like this, just demonization of the police. And so you're you're not going to get their them to listen to you or be on your side when you're telling them how bad they are. But with your approach, it's more of like I know you guys don't want to do this, so here's a better solution, you know. And it's a much it's so much easier to listen when you're not being attacked. Attacking the you person. Know? Yeah. Right. Well, like I said, I, I mean, I've got friends that are, that are police officers and I'm, you know, I mean, I, I want to see them be good people. I want to see them, you know, I don't want to see them shot in their squad cars. I don't, you know, I don't, we don't mm-hmm. want to see any violence. That's, 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 that's crazy. We want everybody to live in peace and harmony, but it all starts with it, but they're going to have to say no. And like I said, I, you know, yeah. for, you know, um, a lot of them, when they signed up, you know, they didn't sign up to do this. And so they've never really had to think about it before. But now that they're being asked to do more and more tyranny, whether it's, you know, lockdowns, mass mandates or red flag laws, you know, I, you know, I think that the, the time is right for them to, you know, now they're really, really thinking about it because now it's starting to hit home and now they're starting to catch flack from their their family and their friends and their neighbors and their families catching flack. And, and, you know, I mean, I, I, I've got, you know, I've got flat, I've got, you know, videos of conservatives dragging thin blue, you know, line flags through the mud and stamping on, you know, thin blue line flags and telling the cops off and yeah. they're, you know, you, they're out there. And so this is the time for them to say, no, this is the time to restore their honor. This is the time to, you know, this is the time to tell the politicians, no, because the community is supporting them to do it. The community is saying, we don't want you to do this. And so if, if the overwhelming majority of the community doesn't want you using violence on peaceful people, then why are you going to do that for dirty, dirty politicians? Exactly. Especially since the politicians don't follow their own rules. Oh, right. Not at all. <laughs> and so that's probably been another uh, level of frustration for a lot of law enforcement officers. I can only imagine like them having to go do these very unpopular actions or, or them, I should say, them feeling like they have to go enforce these very unpopular um, laws and edicts. But like having to watch the person who is responsible for making them like go... Um, you know, rules for thee, but not for me. Gavin Newsom, um, Gavin Newsom another, eating at the French Laundry. <laughs> oh, he's so you know great. having a, a fifteen hundred dollar yeah, yeah. meal that nobody could Classic. afford. You know, unless you're, you know. Yep, and nobody, nobody yep. else was allowed to have. That's I mean, he wasn't the only one. I mean, wasn't there? There was there's, a governor uh, that went there's, there's a bunch of them. To, there's a bunch Puerto of there's been politicians that have been caught on tape I mean, saying yeah. it's all political theater. 
Like literally, I was. I'm, gonna, I'm just wearing the mask yeah, for yeah. political theater. And so, you know, like, uh, like I said, yeah. I, I don't think the cops are as dumb as everybody thinks they are. Favorites. And I, like, I think that, you know, I think we're going to see, uh, I think we're going to see them say no uh, if they're if they're asked to do anything more tyrannical. Like, I, like I think we're right there. I feel like we're right there on the edge. I hope mm-hmm. so. And I think you're right that like showing that there are ways for them to you know, stick to their guns. Um, and any, this is honestly like a really simple, like I was thinking about a really simple Mm. lesson in morality. And honestly, it's really good for, you know, people like us who are libertarians, anarchists, voluntarists, like anybody who adheres to the non-aggression principle, this is basically the nap in about Mm -hmm. as simple, uh, terms as can be. And so, you know, you don't have to get into this crazy, hoopla of our philosophy and as much as we love it you know like we're interested in all that and could talk all day about it like you know they're not interested in it and it comes with connotations that they've already like sworn off conversations and decades and years ago whatever you know so they've already put that um away you know put that in another corner and are not associating with those people but like you said like the um what you keep kind of focusing on is that these are natural rights these are inalienable Mm -hmm. like and so you know everybody wants to say like thomas jefferson's a racist and he he had slaves like so him talking about inalienable rights in the declaration of independence like okay whatever screw that he was wrong on a couple things but he like thomas Paine, those guys were right like john Mm -hmm. locke they were right about the natural rights thing and so i think like right now we're in a we're in a time and we see it everywhere where people have no idea what like natural rights are um Versus mm-hmm. like positive rights, mm-hmm. things that are given to them by the government. That's not a right. That's something that is like that's bait, you know, like that's cheese in the trap. It's not a right. And so focusing on something as simple as natural rights, I think, is a hugely like unifying stance and like a unifying principle. And so like universal that um, it's just I could see like the fact that you mentioned it's already going across borders like states countries i think like there's a lot of potential there just because of how simple that is and how it really like strikes people on such a deep deep level you know we actually i think you nailed it we we actually break it down to live and let live do unto others and no victim no crime and those are universally recognized. Yep. And really, you know, I mean, if, if, you know, I'd say to any, you know, police officers listening, if you're not going to use, you know, natural law as your denominator, whether or not you're going to use violence on peaceful people when nobody has been harmed and nobody has been hurt, then what are you, what are you going to use? I mean, what is, what is the other option? You obviously can't use politician law. So, you know, how do you know you're a good moral person? And that you're not part of the problem, you know, is if, if it's not natural law, then what is it? I, you know, I'm, I'm open to listening to anybody else's, but with its thousand year legal tradition across multiple societies, it's logical, yeah, it's right? moral. Um, you know, I think that that needs to be the standard. And it's not just me. There's, there's actually organizations in other countries, one called Police for Freedom in Spain, where the, where police officers like the members of the spanish security forces you know mm-hmm. they're they're coming and they're saying hey we're going to use natural law and we're encouraging our colleagues to use natural law and so it really is you know it's it's something 
It's it's something that's global. It's something anybody can understand. You don't need to it's have amazing. a lot of police training or anything like that. Was there a victim? You know, and if it's not a victim, it's not a crime. And mm, that is none. so easy that you, know, you don't even really yeah. have to retrain them or anything like that. And like I said, a lot of officers, they're already doing it. They're exercising their discretion. If they find, you know, and, and you know, if they find somebody smoking uh, a forbidden plant or, you know, they find somebody shooting dice or whatever, they're, they're saying, hey, I'm not going to arrest this person in this, in this situation. <laughs> I do have yeah. this one thought, though, that just popped in my head because there are like people right now mm-hmm. who are so freaking scared of COVID and they yeah. I, like there's even a Facebook group in my town mm-hmm. that they will report on every business who doesn't wear their mask correctly <sighs> or allows people in the store who aren't wearing masks or not wearing them correctly. I even saw one where this one was mad that this woman chose to wear a face shield instead of a cloth mask because somehow the shield is less, oh, yeah. is less mad about something. <laughs> it does less than a cloth mask, which is full of holes. But I mean, it, I wonder that's my concern is people who are that, that level of, delusional how would um, the police be able to deal with those types so this is also the magic of thick red line and you know when when the police get that call they're like you know we don't use violence against peaceful people unless mm. they're actually harming somebody else and i'm sorry you want us to use violence on this person who's really not hurting you but we're not willing to use or threaten violence uh, you know, because uh, no crime has been committed, and then it's uh, it's that's it. It's case closed. I mean, that ought to. But Doctor Fauci satisfy. told us to wear two masks. Doctor <laughs> uh, uh, Fauci told us a lot of things, um, including that it would take two weeks to flatten the curve. And I don't understand why anybody believes Doctor Fauci about anything or the government uh, about anything because because yeah. Doctor Fauci and the government have a history of lying and being incorrect about a great many things mm-hmm. to the point of where I consider them to be untrustworthy and don't believe a word that they say. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. I'm just saying, yeah. I, I think that we're going to see, <laughs> we're going to see some, some people and I don't, I think it doesn't matter what happens. I mean, after COVID there's going to be another thing that these types of people are going to latch on to. And, but I, I guess that's just the latest thing I I am concerned of because I have seen people completely, um, and I'm a nurse, so I've I've seen nurses even lose their compassion for people. You know, they they they're saying, "I don't care if you want to visit your loved ones in the hospital, you don't know how to wear a mask appropriately, so you can't come in here." Uh, just I, I've seen just the just the worst in people over this. And I can only imagine what a police officer would have to face when dealing with some of the hysterics of these people. Cause he could say, like you're saying, like this person's not really an active threat. They're not really doing anything, but then this person can make up something in their mind. Like they're breathing air. So they're breathing disease on me right now. I mean, that's how these people think. And it's like, it's just, I would not want to be a cop right now, I guess is what I'm <laughs> saying, because it would not be, 
it would not be fun Jesse, it's, having it's, to listen it's to it's hard to reason it's hard to reason <laughs> someone out of a position that they didn't reason themselves into in the first place and mm-hmm. you know the the people that i know i mean <laughs> I'm, I'm sure all of us you know have for you know have have you know friends and relatives that are on both sides of the issue and um you know uh yeah my friends that are believing this are the ones that are really you know are believing the television and the politicians and i i just don't understand why they you know why they would believe anything the government or the media tells them about anything i don't either it's not that especially since the track record has been so terrible and especially since their leaders don't even follow their own rules like that should be a big red flag you know if yep. they are making these rules that they're not even going to follow that just should tell you how much they take it seriously yeah yeah they do, they don't <laughs> how much you should take it seriously yeah <laughs> yeah i'm a stickler for consistency and so it always drives me nuts when i see people not being consistent especially like morally or logically consistent mm-hmm. and these politicians or other like health department officials from all over the you know states and countries like they've definitely um been violating their own rules um and so actually jesse the concern you brought forward was one i wrote down as well like there's so many people that don't want to be free yeah but you know i guess like the point of what you're currently working on is is not about those people because you Mm -hmm. know like you said we can't reason with those people and um you know so i think like the best step would be to encourage those things to not be enforced and for very the very valid reason of there's no there's no victim and there should be thus no crime. And um, so we're, you know, getting kind of late here. I wanted um, one thing that you talked on, um, you touched on the other episodes I heard you on, but want you to talk about on the R's is um, explain uh, the sheepdog. Yeah. Analogy. So, um, so a sheepdog. Uh, yeah. Speaking, speaking of sheep. Of sheep. <laughs> so, uh, so the wolf, so, so most people, you know, in society or sheep. And I'm not saying that in a negative connotation. I'm just saying that, you know, most people don't have a capacity for violence. And, and so, mm-hmm. uh, they just want to be left alone to live their life. They don't, you know, they're not out looking for trouble or anything like that. And then unfortunately there are wolves and wolves have a capacity for violence and are immoral and are willing to, you know, to use violence on the sheep. And then there is the sheepdog and the sheepdog has a capacity for violence, looks a lot like the wolf, has claws and fangs and sometimes scares the sheep, but at the end of the day would never ever harm the sheep and only sit there, you know, and, and only are there to protect the, to protect the flock. And so we're looking for the sheepdogs you know, in, uh, in the sheriffs and the police that are unwilling to use violence on peaceful people and would only use violence, you know, to protect, mm-hmm. uh, society. And so those are the heroes to, those are the heroes that we're looking for. Um, there's nothing brave and honorable about being stacked up eight guys deep in body armor and you know uh you know busting a pothead or mm-hmm. uh you know uh serving a no knock uh SWAT team raid on uh somebody for a red flag law 
where you really see the honor, where you really see the bravery, where you really see the courage is being able to stand up and say, hey, no, I'm not going to do it. So we're looking for heroes. If, if, if you know of, of a sheriff or you know of, of a deputy or an officer that has the gravitas to organize their department and say, no, send them our way. And then you just the final thing to your listeners, if you want to get involved, if you want to, you know, help, um, uh, you know, uh, make your community safe, uh, you know, safer than it was uh, by uh, uh, helping your sheriff or your police department to go thick red line. We call them redliners. Um, you know, go to thickredline.org. And we've got, you know, hard copies of the handbook. We've got, you know, cards for cops. We have a, a planning strategy call where we'll actually meet with you and explain the best practices. So you can start with 10 friends, then go to 20 and then 37 and then 400. And, uh, and, and we'll give you the tools and the techniques that you need to be successful in redlining your local police department. And so we're looking for a community, you know, thick with red line community advocates that have the, the gravitas to organize their communities and to meet, you know, to go and have a personal meeting with the sheriff and to meet with your elected officials and to, you know, to talk to the press and the media to popularize this idea in your community the same way that we've done it in some of these others. And I think what you're going to find is that, uh, is that your neighbors, uh, your friends and your neighbors agree and everybody wants to help these cops say no to the politicians on bankrupting these local businesses and these mask mandates and these red flag laws. And so, uh, you know, we need all the help that we can get thickredline.org. Yeah. Yep. I think, um, like, I was, something else just popped in my head, like you guys working on this angle and like somebody like Maj Torre on the black gun or black guns matter angle. It's like, these are all good ideas and it's, um, I think a good, smart targeted approach for the various communities and mm -hmm. people who, um, can make a difference. And, you know, like we kind of have no faith in politicians or the government itself. Like they have never, um, deserved mm. more disdain from us or more derision from us um, than this past year. I know a lot of people haven't, haven't really like woken up to that, but I think, I, I think it was a big wake up call for those on the right thin blue liners to see what they saw this year. So I think, um, and like you said, you know, the, the cops saw that too. The cops saw their support mm -hmm. wane and, you know, uh, the idea of um, you're looking for heroes and them wanting to be heroes, you know, Maybe once upon a time they would have been considered heroes, but I think like way too much um, law is on the books that has nothing to do with actual victims of crimes. And yeah. but anyway, so I just think that it, it's all different ways of us being able to come together mm -hmm. and um, being able to have different tools, different kinds of conversations with different kinds of people. Um, so, because at the end of the day, most people do probably agree on the same things. And, um, you know, maybe there are more awakened sheep out there um, than we've seen. And, yeah, I think that's all good stuff. Oh, one more thing. I would say to you guys and your organization, um, you mentioned collaborating with, like, some economists, perhaps. I would check out anybody at the Mises Institute. Um they might have some like younger 
um, students and anybody available, you know, um, they might have some people that could probably start working on stuff like this with you guys. Cause I think, um, you know, it's stuff that they'd get behind too. Cool. I, I, I'll leave it to your audience to connect us with that. The right person will crowd, will crowdsource yes. this. Anybody listening? We'll, we'll, yep, let's we'll do crowdsource it. this. The other thing that I wanted to just, because I, I want to echo something you said is that I, you know, I really do think the politicians went too far because we just got off of, we just <laughs> got off of a, you know, over almost three month tour of Western States. We went through uh, Arizona, Nevada, uh, California, and Oregon, and we found in almost every community we went to, we found people that were organizing and you know actively resisting this thing. And while a lot of people have been locked in their homes, not going anywhere, um, I had a friend of mine that that group that had four hundred uh, on on uh, you know the Facebook group of four hundred. Now they have six hundred. And they're still doing events every single week in Santa Cruz. They're doing movie nights on the beach. They're doing beach bonfires. They're doing trips to the Capitol. And, uh, you know, I had a friend of mine that said his, his social life actually went up and he's doing more now than he was ever doing it before, <laughs> wow, having yeah. a better time. They have concerts, they have, you know, whatever. Excellent. Resistance is fun. If people realized how much fun it was to resist the man, we would have already gotten rid of this organized <laughs> crime government. I mean, I can't believe, you know, how much fun it is yeah, to, right? you know. And, it, and it's not by like burning buildings down. It's by... Just enjoying time with your friends and having a bonfire and talking about yeah. making the, the world a better place. You know, it's that Amazing. kind of thing. Imagine that resistance could be so peaceful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. That's our message. That's your message. That's why, um, <laughs> you know, I'm so glad again, Tamara connected us. And now it makes sense while she was traveling all this time, you know, yeah. good, great. It's yep. so productive. <laughs> um, so, um, Yep, we'll put your information, um, your website in the show notes for our listeners and definitely encourage anybody to anybody listening to pass this one around. I think it, it could cover a wide audience. And yeah, we thank you for your time. Thank you for your efforts. I'm glad you had this idea. I'm glad you're out there talking to people and trying to make things better because, again, while we want to just dissolve the state... We're stuck with it for at least, you know, until it collapses in on itself. But we might as well have the people that, um, like, lawfully own guns and rule over us. Um, you know, we'd probably rather have them more sympathetic <laughs> towards our cause than not. So I think this is obviously a move in the right direction. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you guys for what you do, because uh, there's these thousand flowers that are blooming that are just going to completely overwhelm the bought and paid for mainstream media. And so thank you for what you guys do. Thank you. Thank you. Listeners, um, we'll catch you next time. In the meantime, keep it sane, keep it peaceful, and keep it voluntary. Mm-hmm.